0: Shalom, everybody. In the following, she would like to give a brief hakdama, a brief inter- introduction to Misachdus P'sachim, We'll start off with some divriagada, divriagadata in regards to the limit of Dafyemi, and then we'll jump into a quick hakdama in regards to the Misachdus P'sachim, what the Prokham are about, basic hakiris. About the Mesachta. So, first, starting off with the Limon of Dafyami. First of all, Mazel to Mazel to all those who finished of Erevin. Really a tremendous accomplishment, and it's brought down shame the ground. I saw inside Bishem some of the Hasidic that a person should really be mocked, but a person should really make sure to make a Siyim, even though the HR tells them, I don't really know the Mesachta, I went through it, but it was very challenging, I don't really know it, and I ran through some of the Gomaras. They, it's brought down that the Gemara tells us that one of the names of Yetzihar is Samuel, And it's brought down that Samoel stands for Siyim Asachta Eng Lassay. So, one of the things the tries to tell us is to try to stop us from making a Sim, Because when a person makes a Sim, he stops, he pauses, he recognizes what he has accomplished, and that propels him to continue learning, to continue to go forward. So, it's very important for a person to celebrate a Sim, whether it's he wants to make a big Sim, whether he wants to just celebrate with his family, whatever it is. But it's very important for a person to make a Sim, make a Suda to celebrate his accomplishment. But now, in regards to the limit of Dafyemi, really incredible that we've been able to go through together, the Mosechta, and be able to go day by day, we, you know, whatever's going on in the world, we know that we're going to have the Daf with us, like we spoke out from Mary Shapiro on the Ak that the Daf Dafyemi is really the Daf, it's the board which carries us throughout the storms, throughout the oceans, the challenges of who knows what's going to happen. We know that we have the Daf, and it's really amazing that we have corona going on. You know, I had corona throughout this period, throughout Mosechta's Erebin, and who knows what's going to happen within the next four months. But Zishem, one thing we know. Is that we will be learning with Sakhizah and we will be connected to Msahit the the We'll be going through the Musah together in Bezir HaShem around Pesach time. We will be making a scene. But specifically in regards to of Dafiemi, there's a very interesting Rashi. There's a there's a tremendous mile in but it also comes with a tremendous challenge. And I wanted to speak out, based on Rashi, based on the what the challenge is and what the tremendous mile is. So the beautiful, the mission of Perk Yavas, Perk Aleph, Mission Tezvav, writes, say that a person should make his learning Kva, he should make it Keva. Now, what exactly does that mean? So Rashi brings that two shot. Number one, Rashi writes like this, that a person shouldn't make his Torah, Shalote Elakolayim Kva, that a person should, be, should not be Kevea, that he says, Every day I'll learn Torah for a half hour, I'll learn Torah for an hour. Rather, a person should make it Keva, a person should make it permanent. What exactly does that mean? So Aaron Dechamstein explained beautifully that a person shouldn't learn Torah just like he says. You know, I have an hour every day. I'm going to play tennis. I'm going to eat for a half hour every day. So that means that a person, that half hour that he's eating, that's it. That's the only time he's eating during the day. And the rest of the day, he's doing other things. He's playing tennis for an hour. So he's playing tennis for an hour of the day and that's it. It doesn't impact the rest of his day. It doesn't influence the rest of his day. That's a Rashi saying. I say teras la like It shouldn't just be that I'm learning Torah for a half hour. I'm learning in Seder for for the Seder. I'm learning you know, first Seder every morning. That's not what Torah is. Torah is supposed to be kva. It's supposed to be the permanent part of a person's day. So that's the first point of Rashi. I say like It's an attitude. It's not about the amount of time that a person's learning. It's not amount. It's not about the amount of hours that a person is investing over the Gemara rather it's about his attitude it's about his focus what's most important to me what am i making permanent what what am i making the fixture of my day what is my day revolving around and it's actually interesting because if a person really makes the daf the central part of his day one of the beautiful things about the daf is that it goes through friday shabbat sunday so even though a person can be working most of the hours of the day. However, one of the ways that he can make that his Torah is kvah is that he does it every single day and he's showing that this is really the fixture, this is really the focus, this is really what's primary. That's the first Pshan Rashi. I say to Kva. The second Pshanarash Rash brings down that tikva lecha Daled parak mahe parak. So, means down the second shot. The simple p'shat the Mishnah means that seiter asakfa means every day you should designate. I'm going to learn a little bit. I'm going to learn one parak. I'm going to. I'm going to learn four parak. I'm going to learn five parak every single day. So, I say teras asakfa means every single day a person should have a consistent seiter who is going to learn a specific quota a specific amount. So those are the two Shatman Rashi, Asei Teras And if you take a look at the Avastir of Nasan in the first Nasach Perek Par- it's actually interesting. Avastir Reb has many parallels to Perek which is what led to the in the missionary Shaina, to suggest that both Perk Yavas and Avastir of were really taken from an earlier text, Avastir Reb Kiva. Definitely an interesting discussion, but either way, if you take a look at the Avastir of it writes like this, Teras Shama Davar Mipi Yasa right? When a person goes to this mash and here's a beautiful Jarasha, here's a beautiful Shir. You shouldn't make it right You shouldn't make it as if okay, I heard something nice, but that's it he should make it permanent he should make it part of who he is he should, now, he should now become a part of who he is and now he wants to teach it to others he wants to give it over to others so again the Rav rasul is telling us the idea of HaSar HaKfa it doesn't just mean a person should make sure to learn Tara every single day that's important also that's Rashi's second shot however it also means that it's an attitude it's about what the Tara means to me is Tara important to me is it something which when I hear something beautiful in Torah when I learn Tara, it's something which I'm connecting to it's something which I'm taking and making it practical into my life, or is it something which I say, Yeah, I'm compartmentalizing, I learned for an hour, and that's the end of my Seder. So again, another beautiful thing of Dafyemi that it gives us the sense of learning, the sense of connecting to our learning every single day and bringing it practically into our lives. However, there is a very big challenge and there is an important challenge which I've personally felt in the limit of Dafyemi and the limit of anything which a person has in the civic quota. And that is the Vilni Goyen in Mishlein, Perek Yitzayin, as well as the end of Shnei Yisraeli in Brachas. He writes like this, very important. The Pesach of says like this, as penei Maven Chachma, the Einik Xil bektzei arts that the pne, the Chacham has the Chacham in front of him and the Xil is looking bektzei Arutz the edge of the Earth explains the Vilna beautifully Kolaymar. Hamayven Einir Raya Likvites the person who is intelligent he's not looking to jump he's not looking to run any, anywhere. Elamayven Mashal Afanov he focuses on what he's learning in front of him. Avol Xil Einav Liktzei be says Vilna Gaon be the Xil the fool when he sits down to learn. All the Qasel wants to do When he sits down to the Gemara Daff base Is he wants to finish shots. He wants to finish the Masech There's three things in the world Tev, Arev, and that's the that is the word Arev Sweet, says the Vomagayin The Russian of Arev also comes from The idea that there's something which is Arev Something which is Tev, and something which is mail, Which the Vomagayin is Marach and Shnei And He explains that there's three types of food items in this world There's something which is very sweet And that's, for example, a candy, but it's good for you right now. It's very sweet for right now. However, after... Afterwards, it's not healthy for your body. And then there's something which is mild, something which is helpful for your body. It doesn't taste very good. So when you eat it right now, it doesn't taste good. However, it's mild in the future. It is something which is healthy. You have a vegetable, you have something which you don't necessarily appreciate, but it's healthy for your body. And then there's something which is tight. Tight explains the Vonneguyen as something which is good now and it's good in the future. Something which tastes good, but it's also something which is healthy, which is good for your body. Says the Vonneguyen, similarly in learning, there's three types of ways that a person can learn. A person can learn so that the learning is ariv, it's very sweet and that is a person who's learning for covet he's learning for honor so when he learns right now and he's getting the covet he's getting the honor beautiful and then there's a the type of person who's learning who's a moyo he's learning even though right now he doesn't necessarily appreciate his learning he's not connecting he's not enjoying but he knows that eventually he'll get the alakh maiz eventually he'll be able to get the practical halachas he'll finish shas. he'll finish the mesachita so that's a moyo that's somebody who's not not enjoying the learning now, but eventually will enjoy it. And that says the Gain, there's the type, there's a person who's learning Torah, he's enjoying it now, and he's going to eventually finish the Masachat. And the Vilna Gain explains, in Shana Yisrael and Mishli over there, that how exactly does a person accomplish this idea? So it says the Gain, a type is somebody who's learning with Shema, he's learning so that he could connect to the Torah, he's learning so that he can know what to do, he's learning so that he can figure out what the Ratz HaShem is. But he also has the knowledge, he has the idea that he's going to set in the future. He's going to eventually finish the mesech to finish shots. So therefore, there is this challenge when a person is learning Daf when he's learning a specific quota, a specific lima, that sometimes it's very challenging because you feel like you just want to finish it, you want to get through it, you just want to finish the Daf, you want to just finish the Masakta. So it's a challenge, it's something we have to recognize, that, that although it's important, and we do have to set ourselves goals, we do have to set the quota, we do have to learn the Daf, however, we have to have the other Milo, the guys telling us, we have to make sure not to be the Ksel, not to be the person who's not enjoying what we're learning right now, we can't appreciate what we're doing because we're just running, we're just jumping to finish. We have to try to be the Taiv, the Chacham, who recognizes that there's so much to appreciate in every daf, so much to enjoy, and then we can also, along that journey, finish the mesachta. So I think that using the both Peshacham and Rashi, we saw that Eitir will help us be Mekayim this in, of what the val guy is telling us. And number one, we'll go with the second and Rashi, that yes, we're going to have a quota, we're going to have a very specific limud, we're going to be as HaShem learning a daf a day, and we're going to finish the mesachta around Pesach time, a few days before Pesach, which is going to be very exciting, finishing Pesachim for, 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 for Yom Tov Pesach. However, we also have to go with the first verse Rashi, that the learning that we're doing can't just be to finish, it has to be the type of learning which is keva, which is something which is permanent, which is the fixture, which our attitude to the, towards the learning is going to be that we're going to try to connect to the learning, enjoy the learning, and try to find the Simcha in the learning. So, B'ez Hashem, we will learn Masech together with a tremendous simcha, with a tremendous enjoyment. Now jumping into actual Masechta. So what exactly is the Masech all about? How exactly the prakma broke up? And what is the Masechta? What is what is Masechta discuss? So one of the great ways to figure out a great Akhtama to all the Masahatas is to take a look at the Miri. The Miri one of the Rishonim who generally wrote a Akdama to almost every Masechta. And it's really beautiful in the Akhtama. the Miri always describes what the basic outline of the Masechta is. So if you take a look at the Miri, the Miri actually tells us something very interesting. And he writes in the Akdama over here, in the Akdama 2, Masech Brachas, the Akdama Tashas, he writes that originally, Masech HaZachim was one Masech. However, in the times of the Ga'inim, that's what he writes over here, in the Akdama 2, Masech Brachas. he writes at the time of the Ga'inim, but either way, in the times of the Gainim, what happened was that they broke up Mesach the Tzachim into two Mesachthas, and they called it Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. And the breakup was that the first four Pesach, first four Parakhim, the and the last Parak Ari Pesachim, was one Mesachtha, that was called Pesach Rishon. And Pesach Rishon, the first Mesachtha, the first four Parakhim and the last Parakh, is all about Hilkas Pesach. It's about Hilkas Chametz, it's about Hilkas Matzah, Murah, Bir Chametz, the Mitzvah of B'Dikah, all those different things we're trying to get to the Tov of Pesach. And then from the 5th parak to the ninth parak was, they called it Pesach Sheni and it was all about the Karim Pesach the, when Karim Pesach was brought who has to bring the Karim Pesach The dinner Pesach Sheni. So that the Me'iri explains that's how the Masech was broken up in the times of the Iga'inim. So again, through, through learning the Me'iri through learning how the Masech was broken up in the two Masechis we get a pretty clear outlook a pretty clear outline of what the Masechis is going to be about. So basically the first four parakim and the last parak Ari Pesachim, is going to be about the Yantua Pesach the first parak is going to primarily discuss the Chiva B'dikah the chiv of getting rid of the chametz, and then the other parak we're going to discuss the chiv of matzah. What exactly goes? What what exactly is considered chametz? What exactly is good? What is kosher for the mitzvah of mar? All the different dina which are shayach to the Ant of the Pesach, as well as that's going to be in the last parak as well. Arib Pesachim, and then from the fifth parak to the ninth parak, we're going to see halachas. Of the carbon pesach, but it is interesting that the Emirate is telling us that the mesachta was broken up into mesachlos in the times of There are rishonim who take a look at the remunal nil and other rishonim. They do reference this idea of the mesachlos pesach rishon pesach sheni. However, our mesachta, our mesachta we went back to the times of the of Rebbe. We went to the original mesachta, and it's one long mesachta, and it is the original order. However, if you look at the end of the ninth parak, it does say hajin pesach sheni. At the end of the fourth parak, it does say. But this idea that the mesach letsachem was broken up into was originally one, then broken up to two, definitely leads us to the interesting discussion of how many mesachas are there in the Mishnahs in total. Meaning, if you're telling me that originally it was one, but then it was separated into two, so does that make it that does that change? So, one of the fascinating things, one of the very interesting things about learning Mishnais in the Gemara is that in general, when a person learns a Sefer, when a person learns a book, so he looks at the, he first reads the title page, he first goes to the introduction, and he figures out who wrote the book, when was the book written, how was it written, he tries to find an index. And one of, the one of the interesting things about learning Mishnah Yitzh and Gemara is that it doesn't have any of those things. It doesn't tell us who wrote it. It doesn't tell us when it was written. It doesn't tell us how it was written. It doesn't tell us why it was written. And it's one of the challenges of learning Mishnahis, learning the Gemara, is to figure out the answer to all these questions. So one of the first to try to tackle this question was the of Shurigan. a very important letter which Shurigan wrote, back to the Tamid who were curious, who asked him all these questions. And he responded and he explained... How the Mishnah is written, why is written, all these types of questions. And the art school actually just came out, beautiful. They wrote an introduction to the Talmud and they translated it as well as the Ram and his Akdama to Pyrrhush Mishnahis. He definitely did a wonderful job. So if you take a look in the guys of Shri and you take a look at Akdama to Pyrrhus Mishnaiis and the Rambam, This is a tremendous machlaicis. Machlaikis is there 63 Misahthas? Is there 60 Misahthas? Which would be the Gamatria of a Gain, a Gain is of my the Mishnahis, the Raman and his Akdama writes are 61. But either way, there's a tremendous machikis in the gainim in the Rishanim, how many Misechtas there are, and that's based on, partially, it's based on whether mesakh is one mesakh or two mesakhs whether the but ba- well, whether all the bubbles about see about the and baba Ka- are one mesakh there three mesakhs and jeremack is one mesakh or two mesakhs but the point is is that whether mesakh is one mesakh or two mesakhs well definitely will definitely impact how many mesakhs turtle there are in shots so now, why exactly is it called Mesechtas Tzachem? Why isn't it called Mesechtas Pesach? All the other Yom Toivim, this is a kasha Torah. verse other, other of the Mepharshim on the Mishnahites asking this kasha, that the other Mesechtas, Mesechtas Sukkah, Mesechtas Yayimah, are Belashon Yachad, they're not Belashon Rabbim. So why is Mesechtas Tzachem? Why is it the only Mesechtam which is the Lashon of plural? Why isn't it called Mesechtas Pesach? So the Tzachas Yom suggests, based on what we just saw from the Me'iri, that it could be because in the times of Gai, they split the Mitzvah up into two Mitzvahs: Mitzvah Pesach Rishon and Mitzvah Pesach, pesach, pesach Sheni. That's why it could be. It's called Mitzvah Pesachim, or it suggests it is Yom tiv. Maybe because we bring two carbon Pesach, so we, bring karim, we bring a carbon Pesach. There's these Pesach Rishon, Pesach, pesach Sheni. So therefore, maybe that's why it's called Mitzvah Pesachim. But either way, definitely interesting to figure out why exactly Pesachim is called pesach or not Mitzvah Pesach. pesach, pesach. So now, the actual Masechta, the first parak is going to discuss, basically, most of the first parak is going to discuss the halacha of Bidikas Chametz, the alakha of Checkniv Chametz, and the halacha of Bir Chametz. So now, one of the important things to keep in mind is that yeah, what are the alakhas of Chametz? What are the mitzvahs and lights days of Chametz? So there are quite a few mitzvahs and lights which are renegade to the mitzvahs of Chametz. Number one, there's Isra of Achil and Isra of Anna. A person is, allowed to, is not allowed to eat Chametz on Pesach, is not allowed to benefit from Chametz on Pesach. There's also an Isra Bayra. A person does not have any chametz in his possession on the yomph Yom- of Pesach. A person is also to get rid of the chametz. This mitzvah of tashbisu A person is obligated to get rid of the chametz. We're going to see in the Gemara tashmenes machlekes tanaim amirayim. What is the best? For, how is a person obligated to get rid of this chametz? Does it have to be specifically through sraifa or can it be through any means of destruction? A in the tanaim. A big machlekes in the gemar There is also a very interesting machlekes which we're going to, as we go through the first pack we're going to try to bring rise back and forth to the shayla. Is one of the we this at length. This mitzvah of tashbisu, This that a person has a mitzvah to get rid of his chametz. Does that mean that? A Person is oblig- Let's say a person doesn't have chametz in his house when erev comes Does that mean that a person is obligated to go out, buy chametz and get rid of it or say no? If the person doesn't have any Chametz, so he's mekayim tash, the Mitzvah of And the way we could set up like this is the Mitzvah Tashbis, or Mitzvah the It's a Mitzvah that a person should go out, get out, and do an action of getting rid of the Chametz. Or it's a Mitzvah Shalatazah. It's a Mitzvah a person could sit passively and be mekayim the Mitzvah. So as we go through the Mitzvah, we'll have to try to bring rise back and forth to this Shayla. But one ha'kira, one very interesting ha'kira which I would like to spend some time on now and as we go through the Mitzvah, is what exactly is the Mitzvah of Adika and what exactly is the of Matzah. So the mission is going to start off that a person is oblig- to do B'dikas Khammets, a person's is obligated to check my comments right before Pesach. And the question is, is that a Mitzvah Dei right? so or is that a Mitzvah Abanan? So when we get to that Vav, we'll have to see because that's really a primary Maramakam, a primary Gemara there, but it's really a Machlakis him on that basis. Well, big is Rashi, Ran, Tysis, many him from Rashi and the Ran, other Rishaynim, it sounds like it's a Mitzvah Dei right? so and from Taisis and others. It sounds like it's a mitzvah button and basically it revolves around the idea that we're going to see there's really three there's really two ways that a person can get rid of his chametz. Number one, a person can do badika, a person can check for chametz and then do beer and then he can get rid of it. Or we're going to see that the Gemara is going to tell us that a person also has to do Bittal. A person has to get rid of the Chametz, a person is going to be the Chametz. And we'll see as well as we go through Mesuchta how does Bittal work? Does Bittal work through the mechanisms of Hefkar when a person's Mavatal Chametz and he makes it like the dirt? Is that through the mechanisms of Hefkar? Or it's a different mechanism, like the Ran says, generally Hefkar doesn't work, Believed, and the Gemara is going to tell us that Bittal technically works, Believed, and the Lushan of making it like the dust of the earth if not, is not a Nusik of Hefkar. So, big discussion is Bittal using the mechanism of the hefker or is bitol a new type of mechanism? But the shayla is, let me say that a person has an obligation to do beer or to do, or either a person can get rid of the chametz or a person can out the chametz. The question is, does the, is that are both them mitzvahs deraisa? Is one of them the mitzvahs deraisa? Is one of the mitzvahs derabanan? Does both them does both them work? Does none of them work? That's going to be a discussion, which is really a big machlekes misha'inim. But we'll just take a look at the prima Gadim, The who wrote a pirish of wrote the rush yisav of He writes like this in He brings on four different pshatim in this discussion. He brings on four different the misha'inim. What how exactly it works? And he writes that the shita which is, he feels is most correct is the first shita, and that is. That a person has two options. When a person has chomets in his house, whether he knows about it or whether he doesn't know about it, the luck is either he could do bittle, either he could say that all the chomets in my house is bittle, or he could be mavirate, he could look for the chomets and destroy it. And explains that if a person doesn't know that the chomets exists, so the terror didn't tell him that, oh, but if you find the on Pesach, now you're No, if a person does bittle, if a person does bidika properly, so now if he finds chomets on Pesach, That's not his problem, that's not his issue. Heilach Beer explains Rashi Let's say a person does a proper bedika, or he does betel. But Let's say he, does, he doesn't do betal; he does betika, and he gets rid of all the chametz that he found in his house. And then on an Yom tiv comes along and he finds chametz. So now technically, a person could say that oh you're over an iser because even though you did your best, you looked for the chametz, but still, you practically speaking, you have the chametz. Just like a person who eats chayla, a person who eats fat, even though he thinks that what he's eating is mutter, he thinks that what he's eating is regular meat. But if he eats it and he comes out of it, it's an Says Yosef, no. Bittle and beer work, and therefore if a person does beer, a person looks for the chametz, and he's mevara all the chametz which he knows about, but Allah is, he's not over if it comes out that he finds chametz on Pesach. And this is what the run over here, a very important Ran, writes as well, in the beginning of Masechah's right here on that base. And we can set up a chakira that we derise a person who does badika, a person who checks his house properly. And now he finds all the chametz that, he, he looked carefully and he finds all the chametz that he saw. And he burns it. And then it comes on Pesach. And the second day, Pesach comes along. And now all of a sudden, he finds a piece of bread under the couch, under the table. He finds a piece of chametz. So now the question is, do we say that since he did bedikah, and since he did as much as he can, so therefore he's not over any yisr, or do we say no? As, as It's very nice that he tried as much as he could, but lamaisi is a shaygig. lamaisi was over the So the Ran writes, a very important insight. says the Ran that no, a person who finds the chametz on Pesach, the luck is, he's not over any because. The terror said a person can rely on a chazakka, so a person who checked his house and he did it the best that he can. So now there's a chazaka at his house there's no chametz in his house. So therefore, says the Ran, a person who finds chametz on Pesach, he's not over and iser. However, there's a big machikez in the achreinim when the Ran writes you're not over an iser. Does he mean that you're not over an iser However, you're over an iser b'shegik? Or no, he means you're not over an iser b'cholal. So if you take a look at the Arche of Shulchan, the Magen Avram, others, Shulchan Arche of Rav, and others. They sound like that you're not over an iser, that you're an That even though it's not iser but it is an iser b'sheg. Other achreinim seem to suggest. And no, you're not Abra Averibal. And the question is, what exactly is this is what exactly this machik is based on? So there is de- definitely a very interesting discussion, which is Naga to Kala cool definitely get in many different places. A person relies on a khazaka, a person relies on a riv, a person relies on an agent What happens if it comes to that they're wrong? Let's say a person relies on aidim, aidim tellmat tellmat Allah this is mutter. And then it comes out that the aidm were lying, or it comes out the aidum were wrong. What is Allah do we say that the person didn't do any avera b'chlal because Lamaisei relied on the edim, or to say no that since even though he was a to rely on the edim, but it came out that they were wrong, so therefore he's avernis Besheikh. This is a fascinating discussion, a very important truth of the Edim Yehuda, a very important truth of the Rikivager and some Ches. Rikivager writes that even though he was an einis, but still einis is still an avera, and therefore. Even though he's not, he didn't do anything wrong, but still, he's still considered einus and he's a kapara. So definitely a fascinating discussion. So this Nekuda, this idea that we're, that we're going to figure out in the run when the Ran says that a person who's not over an iser, when a person finds chametz pesach, so the, and the shaila is when he says he's not over an iser, does that mean he's not over an iser b'sheigik or does that mean he's not over an iser b'cholal? That is going to be something we're going to try to figure out as we go through the sechta, as we go through pesach mitsachem. We're going to try to see if there are any rise to the shaila that a person who finds chametz pesach. Is he over in Iser, b'shegig or is he not over in That is going to be one of the shadows we're going to try to figure out as we go through the So again, Bez HaShem, we're going to jump right into M'sach. It's I'm starting from that phase, and the first part is going to primarily discuss the Chiva B'Dika, when the Chiva B'Dika starts, when the Iser of, of chametz begins, and that will be, Bez HaShem, the first part. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.